in the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Seven, eight, nine, ten. This podcast goes to eleven. And uh, welcome back to another episode of In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Um, today we find ourselves in the. I guess it would be not the land down under because it's the little island next to the land down under. We are in New Zealand and we are hanging with airborne guitarist Joel O'Keefe. Welcome to In the Trenches. G'day, Ryan. Thanks for having me, mate. My uh, my brother's name is Ryan, so that's pretty crazy. Right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. There, there's some sort of yeah. familiarity. Yeah. I'll still get the name. I, I was talking like, do I pronounce it right? Because so many times... Uh, if I do an interview, I'll say the name and they'll go, no, that's oh. Hulkstra. You know, it, it's, a different, it's a different name <laughs> a pronunciation. So O'Keefe- I go with it. If someone gets it wrong, I just go with it. Like, yeah. I just let it ha- Like, I get in America because uh, it's, you know, a different accent and everything. I'll say, oh, I say, like, Starbucks, what, what's the name for it? And they go, yeah. oh, Joel. And they go, okay, John. <laughs> or Josh. Well, the, well, of course, they'll yeah. spell it wrong. Yeah. Of course. And then, but then they'll, they'll, they'll call me Joe. I, and that's I did cool. not see that many Starbucks in Australia. Is there that- is not. They were run out of town by Melbourne Coffee. Has a thing where Melbourne Coffee is very famous. There's a lot of Italian families that run, you know, the majority, I guess, of the of the, the big coffee cafes. But right. Melbourne Coffee is unreal. And I think Starbucks tried to come into Melbourne and they just... They Melbourne Coffee wasn't having it. Melbourne Coffee and Mafia yeah. just said, nah. See, what started out as a harmless guitar yeah. in the trenches uh, episode yeah. ends in... It just got violent. Coffee tragedy. Got coffee wars. <laughs> yeah, it is the yeah. Coffee Mafia. <laughs> well, it's good that you said you're from... Uh, it was a Melbourne Coffee Company because I think the band Airborne is from Melbourne. Melbourne, we, yeah. or is, is, it, is it not? From the you outskirts? got it right. I think you said Melbourne, didn't you? Like Melbourne? I, I, there's a Melbourne, Florida that my best friend lives right. in, and so I don't never know how to say it, yep. really, to be honest with well, you. Well, it's kind of like a born identity. I mean, we don't, we, we don't really say Melbourne, but some people will say Melbourne, but yeah, you yeah. Got, we got it right. Melbourne. 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 It sounds okay. Australian. They're like Melbourne. So I wouldn't call you Erben. No, but that's that's funny. I, have you ever Eben. thought? Eben. <laughs> is Evan yeah. from Eben. Melbourne? Well, yeah, I mean Evan from Melbourne. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't even think of that. I never thought wow. of that either. Wow. But, and, and you know what? Let's put that way behind us now. Yeah. <laughs> that's Let's cool. never think of that again. Okay. But welcome to uh, In the Trenches. You have been definitely in the trenches you and your brother have been the mainstays of Eben, Eben, Eben. <laughs> airborne for uh how many years now is it going oh wow i mean like uh, streeting's been there as well since the beginning i mean it was it's been going since like 2003 2004 somewhere like that so the three of you have been going yeah for, and, and then you've made a couple lineup changes but i would say it's, it's that nucleus of the three yeah. yeah like there was uh you know there was we were started out as a three piece okay and when we were in in uh in high school as a, a different lineup but yeah ryan was still there then luke mckenzie macca was the was the first bass player and then and then adam jacobson and then streety who's been there since like 2004 i think okay. so you know streety's definitely you know he's 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 been there a long long time and that's when things started to kick off and it would say he's a mainstay bass yeah. player but um yeah it's like Oh, it's yeah. And then Rosie, you know, he left about three years ago, and then our mate Harry took over. Right, it was good because we were mates first. Right, before. and he, he's a perfect fit. In. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this tour yeah. across Australia, New Zealand, and he just fits in with the band. It's not only 
uh, on stage. He fits off stage as well. Yep. And he fits on our stage as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He came up the other night he when did. we did a Goon Squad gig, and yeah. he actually he nailed it. I called him. He was our rock and roll bez <laughs> from from. I don't know if you know Happy Mondays, but they just had a guy that danced, and knew all the words, yep. and that was that was him the other night. Yeah, he was, awesome. He was a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's been when I missed it. I was. Uh, the Frankie's fandom. We uh, invited you out. Yep. We invited you out. Yep. And, and, and we heard that... Uh, you, no, you're not timid. You were just... No, you, had, no. you had stuff to do. No, I, I'd already left. I know. I yeah. know. Well, when you go on at 2 a.m. in the morning, yeah. it's kind of happened. You, you, had a, you had a tour to be on. And you had a... As a singer-guitar player, I mean... These club dates, you've done hundreds, if not thousands, yeah, and thousands yeah. of them. How, and I've seen your show now um, so many nights in a row. We've played so many nights in a row. How do you keep that voice? Because I'm going to move on to guitar playing later, but how do you yeah. keep that voice? Oh, I mean, it's, in it's, check. it's, it's uh, I think the more you sing, the better. I think, I think the more you're singing, the engine, the whole muscle. It, it does work like a big muscle. Do you, do you ever find at the beginning of a tour that maybe you'll, oh, yeah. you, you, it'll burn for yeah. a second and then it almost gets stronger? It does, yeah. yeah. At least for the first week, you know, I'll be hoarse after the first show. You know, we might have booked three in a row at the start. I'd be like, oh, no, it's going to be bad. <laughs> You've done that. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, but then it seems to get stronger as it goes on. And, you know, I mean, and then, it, then you can sort of like, it's fine. You can have a few drinks after the gig. You can get out and... You know, get into it, and then it doesn't seem to blow it out as much. But I see. I noticed that you're you're definitely a social guy. You know, mm-hmm. you and your actually the whole band is very social. Uh, the other night, and you you always you wear your influences on your sleeve. You make no excuses about it. You like guitar driven, straight ahead rock. Exactly. So, yeah. in order to keep that sort of pace, that lifestyle, everything. There has to be some sort of tips of you know, like I said, it's not just about guitar. I'm I'm, I'm talking about for people with vocals. Do you? You do do some preparation. Oh yeah, no, I definitely do a warm up. Yeah. Um, How long does that take uh, before every show? Well, okay, so I have this thing. Uh, well, I um I have ADHD, so when when with like ADD, you know, I'm all over the place, uh-huh. and right. and so I, I uh, when I learnt that 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 was what was going on, I knew to start writing things down and make schedules to stick to them because I was always late to the stage, like, and it's not because I'm trying to be cool or something. No, it was just <laughs> you, I'm just fucking you had like, other shit going yeah, on in your head, and it's just yeah. I get distracted. So I made this 90-minute routine that, which starts with 20 minutes to put my jeans on <laughs> yeah, and yeah. make a cup of tea. And like, if I do that, then then I won't stop to do that during when I need to be like running to the stage. That, so, that's really things, helpful because you little, get into yeah, the system. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I get my get my gig jeans on, my rock jeans. I start feeling like I'm ready to rock, you know. And I got my tea, cup of tea, just sort of just wake up because I like to you know, I sleep and stuff during the day if I can. If I've been out all night, you know, it just helps to sleep for the gig. <laughs> but then then it starts. So I, I usually run the set for thirty minutes, and I'll sit there with a the guitar and I'll run the whole set. Like a lot quicker than we're going to play it live. Like just going over right. the words, going over the key parts, the solos and, that, and things, yeah. and and I sing it all in falsetto, which I've been told not to do, but I don't go crazy doing it. Mm. I think that helps. It's a, it seems to be a subliminal warm up thing, right? Right. And then so I do have a thirty minutes. That's a, that's an interesting technique because I've never thought that, but you know what? I do notice that when my falsetto is strong, so is my normal voice. Yeah, it seems to warm up the top end more. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then I've got this 20-minute warm-up uh, from a guy in Australia called Peter Vox, and I've got one from uh, Melissa Cross in New York, and I combined the two together. And you're doing hybrid. Yeah, a little 20, it's, and it's, it goes over 20 minutes. And Will then, we ever see the Joel O'Keefe vocal uh, 
like instructional master class. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, how many drinks you have the night before, you know, sort of. I don't know, how, you know, this is the weirdest in the trenches because I usually just dive into guitars, but now first we started talking about coffee and then it's yeah. about vocals, yeah. you know, and, and but at the end of the day, it's all about music, rock and roll, mm. and, and coffee is a part of our lifestyle Coffee's as well. Coffee's important, you know, oh, yeah. it helps you stay stay awake and gets you gets you awake. Do, what's, do you drink a lot of coffee? I do. What, what, what's, your, what's your go-to? Do the Americana? Or my my go-to is always coffee with heavy cream because I was oh. I went through this keto diet thing just okay. like a couple years ago that I think at that time was like sort of the in vogue thing uh-huh. to do and it actually does work but then I kind of. Stop! I started cheating on it little by little, little by little. Then pretty soon, now I'm just a guy eating just food and heavy fat food along with carbs. So, (laughs) no, but at the end of the day, I I do feel that a routine of a certain amount of uh, physical cardio exercise every single day is is important. And whether it's you're on the if you're on the tour, it's even better because you get make that more part of your routine and stuff. But I do think physical. Uh, 100%. Exercise is important. You got to because you got to put on the show. You know, and wow. if you're sort of all out of shape and stuff, you got to be up there for 90 minutes. In you know, when we're doing our headline shows through Europe and everywhere, we're on stage for 90 minutes, and it's a, it's a it's a pretty big but workout. You, but you're one of those blessed guys, man. I I I know your type. He's <laughs> trust me, folks. I saw how much this guy, how many beers this guy can put down the other <laughs> night, and then then he does. Uh, then he goes and sings a. a perfect pristine show and doesn't even gain an ounce and, and he's shirtless like from you're you're, you're top off on, on first song I think you're out yeah, of the gate yeah, you're out of the it, gate yeah out of the gate top off it, it used to be a thing we used, cause I always used to have a shirt on I'd take it off by the third song then I would take it off the second song then it was like the first song in the middle of the solo I'm taking it I was like you know what? I, I don't even need a shirt it's you're just, gonna give our bass player Chuck Garrick ideas he's yeah. gonna, he's, <laughs> just come running out with no shirt on <laughs> top off first, yeah. first out of the gate no but, but the thing is it is such a high energy show, yeah. And you guys treat it as such. It's, like I say, it, um, it's it's not a throwback because I think rock and roll is always on that heavy energy front. Yeah. But but, but sometimes it does feel like a bit of a nostalgia when I when I think of bands that I just would be up there going, these are my poster idols. Yeah. That's you guys up there, like with the audience blinders. Four stacks, yep. four Marshall stacks yep. on each side. That was my dream as a yep. kid yeah, to do totally. it. And, and you guys are still, you know, living the dream night after night yeah. with with that big rock show. And I think you're inspiring a lot of new guitar players as well. Well, I mean, yeah, thanks, man. That's um, that's I mean, that's the thing. It's like there is a certain nostalgia fact in the way that you know you're doing what was done back then but that hasn't been done for a long time like people don't really tour with all those marshals but right. it is also part of the new school because kids are going wow i don't want to play a pod anymore I, or, or or a digital i want to go get you yeah. know i want to get a marshall stack and blow up the neighborhood you know and, exactly. and people are getting into it that's cool yeah that's really cool um i want to move on to the amps because both of our sort of fascination with the Marshall amp. Yeah. I mean, because those were basically my amps of choice, always have been, and I'm a JCM 800 guy. So Rockin'. for those of you, and, and we're going to get on the guitars, but, but the amps are such an important part about it. Oh, they are. It, it, and the stack yeah. is important, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. I mean, it, did, you, did you guys always start 
or have you been uh, with that many stacks, or did you have you been adding them over the years? You say, yeah, let's it, add another stack. It, it started as one stack aside. Okay, it started as one stack aside, and we we grew up in a town called Warnable, and then we drove down to Melbourne and we played our first shows. We had a Marshall stack each aside. Then it became quickly two stacks aside. And I still remember like people coming up to us after the show. They're saying like, "Whoa, who's this band coming to Melbourne?" Because Melbourne was a very clicky scene back then, right. and we'd come kind of like outlaws from out <laughs> out of the bush yeah, from yeah. Warnable, which Just is like the Road Warriors. Yeah. yeah, exactly like Road <laughs> Warriors. You were Mad Max. Yeah, we're Mad Max. <laughs> And we were driving three hours to come play at 7 o'clock at night, opening band, and then we'd drive back to Warnable that night. This is what we were doing with our stacks and two station wagons. And, um, and people were they, were... they were really making a lot of comments like, whoa, we haven't seen Marshalls stacked up like that for a long time. Like, right. like, who are you guys? That was like a big selling point to the band to get people to go, who are these guys? Apart from the fact that you know, we were running around, jumping on the bar, doing solos, and just you know, really getting in everyone's faces, and then yeah. just disappearing again. <laughs> so, but the Marshall stack—it is a thing. As soon as you, as soon as you either play one for the first time, or you save up all your pocket money and you buy one for the first time, and you stand in front of it and hit that first A chord, you only need to hit one, and right. you can feel like your clothes yeah. moving, yeah. and it's so I, inspirational. I was actually—I had the uh, lucky chance. Uh, Adam Day, who's a great Slash's guitar tech, still is, but uh, at the time he was uh, Angus Young's guitar tech. Wow. And uh, they played a stadium in Stockholm because you, you guys are pretty big and uh, you're pretty, well, you're internationally big, but you're extra big in Sweden and Stockholm in particular. I always know oh. that, that when you guys come to town. So we played yeah. Stadium. They, 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 oh. they, were, they were playing Stadium. And so I went to Soundcheck and, and Adam let me play an A chord. And it's always, it's got to be an A chord. It's always folks. an A chord. Always an A chord. <laughs> I was able to play that A chord yeah. through, through Angus's setup and wow. it was literally like a... Uh, it was it was like a jetliner, yeah. You know, some, something a, a jet engine just kidding to me, and, and, and that's the thing about uh, real sound moving, mm-hmm. in which you guys have. That's you true. know, it, it, it's every single night you guys are pushing. You might use in ears. I, I I don't know if you do or not, but yeah, uh, we, we have we have in ears. Um, we're constantly popping them in, popping them out. Uh, to mainly it's just really vocal through there and a little maybe a bit of guitar but mainly what we're hearing is because we've got the side fills the wedges all drums vocal coming out of them too and and when it's really rocking we just get rid of the we get rid of the ears it's, uh, <laughs> it's like I do, yeah. I do it for the last song for School's Out with yep. Alice yep. We, we, I, I take them out just to hear it in yeah. the audience because that's the whole thing about having those real amps yeah. is the feel of it right? I think you touched on it before when you said you're pushing sound yes. forward and I think that that push is it's it's it affects you in the crowd like it's a physical yeah. you feel it yeah and especially then you have if you're actually a performer which you are definitely uh, know how to put on a show then that just adds to the whole overall oh yeah yeah definitely effect yeah it's, it makes you know it makes the rock and roll dream yeah. come alive uh, the other obviously most important part of uh the guitar amp connection would be the guitar and we are definitely uh firm believers and agreed upon uh with our gibsons we are yeah we're gibson through and through you you have been for many years though you have been um sort of the face of the explorer i would say 
Well, I mean, James passed it away, Phil. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. He, he got did. his own personal he, one. He got I mean, his ESP, ESPs. Yeah, but that you know, and I kind of and I, I like as um when we first had them, people were like, oh, it's ACDC with Metallica's guitars. Is when <laughs> first went to Melbourne, like, oh, it's ACDC Metallica guitars. This is two thousand three, and um, that, to me, that would just get you more fans. That's <laughs> yeah, the best. That's what we said. We said this is the best ever. You <laughs> this know? is working great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think. I, I, the fact that you, that uh, yeah, I mean, I know we toured last year with Lizzie Hale. Yeah, and she, she's, a, she, she's, she's an, an explorer explore girl, and you're an explorer guy. Yeah, maybe you guys, you know, his and hers explorers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I always find it funny when when these guys get their custom guitars that, mm. that aren't made by the Gibson by Gibson or Fender. Yeah, but it's sort of a little bit like it, but it's not really like it's it. Not, yeah, it's it's a different <clears> thing. I mean. That's like if if that's what you want, that's what you love. That's what you that's what you do. I just lo- I love the first Explorer I ever picked up, and I just uh, I've tried. Well, that's the thing. Is, I, 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 if if I was to imagine Slash with a custom guitar, it would have to be a Gibson, which yeah, yeah, he has his own thing. Yeah. So when I imagine Nikki Six, it's it's a T Bird. It's a Gibson exactly. T Bird. Yep. That's what it is. I don't know what you know what brand it's. He's it, it actually has the, um, yeah. the headstock now, but yeah. I'm thinking Gibson T Bird. Well, see, I think that's us. I think what we're saying is what is what we like. What we're very similar with is. Marshall, JCM eight hundred, like and a Gibson. You really can't not not a not some you know different name here and a different name. It's now. a it's perfect like, recipe, right? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's a Jack re- and Coke. You put it, Jack and Coke in there. You don't put you know Gibson sub- Marshall <laughs> is the Jack and Coke yeah. of cocktails. I like yeah. that. Yeah, even though I'm not a big Jack and Coke guy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like a more of a vodka soda guy. But I, I know yeah. it sounds. But then again, that goes back to keto, and now. Yeah. I, <laughs> Keto. <laughs> Everything goes back to keto, keto. That, that I don't actually subscribe to anymore. Now I just yeah. <laughs> no. They call that drink a skinny bitch. A skinny bitch. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a Do you have a favorite uh, sort of cocktail of choice? I think uh, your beer, 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 beer. Yeah, no, we drink a lot of VB. Uh, that's what we've been having on the rider. Love it. Love our VB beer. But I guess you know Johnny Walker Black and Coke would be my guy. But I do love Jack and Coke as well. So. Either or, I'm good. Good to go. It's just cold, has got ice, fizzy, done. <laughs> you guys have had an extremely uh, great run at some big, big tours. You've been, yeah. oh, you've been uh, sort of support band for so many of the big names. I mean, you're, you're out with Alice Cooper. I we mean, are. like I said, I'm not saying because I'm in Alice Cooper. It's because Alice is in Alice Cooper. Man, he's an icon. icon. But, but you guys have, have done huge shows. And I know you're going out later this year with Maiden, Maiden right? We're doing Iron Maiden. Wow. Uh, we're doing some stadiums through Europe with them. And a couple of them are doing, they're doing two nights. Like, they're sold pretty quick. Right. And, for example, we've been, to, we've been to Russia a few times now. Have you been there? Yes. Yes, it's pretty cool. No, the crowd. You don't you find that that like when people were very lucky to be able to see the world through the lens of rock and roll yeah. because you find that the audience is so many more similarities than people would think. Rock and roll is a universal language. Yeah. It seems to be a thing that wherever you go in the world, it doesn't matter. Like there could be a stigma on a country with this or that or something, but and you go to one of those countries where you're like, oh, you know, we used to have a war with them or something, and then you go yeah. there and the kids all want to rock. They've got Motorhead shirts on, yeah. Iron Maiden shirts. They're all rocking. Yeah. Like there'll be, I don't know what where we're playing in 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 Moscow, but it's like a sixty thousand capacity stadium with Iron Maiden in Moscow. It's like this mega. That's gonna be killer. That's you know, be killer. and like they just all want to rock. Right. And that's the thing. It's like 
you can have wars or anything else, or coronavirus going around, all this sort of <laughs> negative bad news, but rock and roll's always good times and yeah. anywhere in the world. Well, like I said, you guys bring in it every night, and uh, it's been... It's been a great run on this. It's been fun. Uh, yeah, it's right? like All these days off, it's, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I've been the most hungover on this tour I ever have, but I just haven't had time to be hungover because I'm having too much fun. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, we're not used to this. Trust me, we're not used to having a show and then a day off yeah. and, then, and then another travel day. We're, we're used to, uh, you know, two, three in a row. Yeah. But, but what's your uh, touring schedule like when it comes to shows? In Similar. Row? It's yeah. like three in a row, day off, three in a row, day off, or four, day off. Like, it gets pretty like that but then the festival season so we'll be doing over in Europe you know the Wackens and Rock and Rings and and those and Donington and, and those kind of uh, big festival to, we call it the A Festival Touring mm-hmm. and sometimes you've got to like you know it's like you you got to get from say Donington all the way back yeah. over to somewhere in Spain or somewhere so you have to get a day off but if there's not well you're getting on a plane you're going but then there'll be four days on a beach just sitting there waiting for the next festival it sounds to me like you guys have a yearly schedule or you know because some bands they'll 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 tour take some time off yeah and then they'll make an album of course and, and then mm-hmm. record it but then have an extended period of time off it seems like you guys are always on the road well it seems to be a a, a new thing that's kind of cool again where back in the day a, a band records an album they go out for nine months as soon as they get home they have like a week or two off then they record another album and they get an album out every year like Saxon and you know Maiden yeah Ace back, in, back, in, back the in the day yeah, yeah. Motorhead you know and so it seems to be a thing where I don't know we've got like Spotify and these and different streaming services where you can get a, a quick single out or another song or a live EP thing you start throwing things out there so that the album hasn't been seen as important as it used to we still see the album thing as the most important thing and we will always do it but we're not people don't seem to require us to have a new album out right. just to go and play a tour they want to see a good live band yeah and in in the festivals through Europe now there's so many you've got the big guns so the big A festivals the big sort of 60,000 you know 100,000 people festivals and then you've got the B's and C's they're in the middle of nowhere We'll go out and headline them, you know, it'll be like ten, fifteen thousand people there or something, and we'll go and they're not even on a That's road. enough. You know what I mean? But we don't need an album to do that. <laughs> we just go there and we fucking, you know, light it up and it's right. rock and roll to the max and it's it's awesome. How does it work as a band that's um touring constantly because i know there's a lot of people living uh listening right now that are in bands right now doing mm-hmm. the club circuit and playing and you guys have went through that whole mm-hmm. uh sort of time of your lives to to make it up to where you're in a different type of club scene but now it's 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 more of a yeah. it's more of a stadium you know yeah. circuit it's a it's a diff you just i think it's just like i don't know if there's a, 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 a like a, a rule book because i think every band might have had a different journey but i think if you got the right people in your band with the right mindset that just don't like veer off the track just keep going when it's like oh times are tough you know you keep going yeah yeah. where we started it was uh like the height of napster and everything that that was when the record industry just went yeah yeah. fell over and we went through that whole 10-year dark period of what they're calling the music depression and we're we're coming out of it now with 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 um spotify and all and everything like that but um you guys have your own identity and i think you've established your own brand yeah i think yeah you've got a it's kind of like when we first started in those clubs, we would play with two other, or maybe three bands, and they, for, there's a little thing like this. So there would be the cans on stage, the, the park cans. Yeah. They would all play with magentas and greens and blues, a very sort of dim-lit stage. We would go up, pull all the gels out, so and just turn all the lights on so a bright white 
in your face. That, that was your that yeah. was your first yeah. sort of that was the first bang. Here we are yeah. with stacks all lit up, and then when we were loading off the stage, we would also put the gels back in. So the next band, who wasn't even wary to it, we were just back in the dark again, yeah, but yeah. didn't even think to go. They didn't even care about that. They weren't even yeah. thinking, yeah. you know big rock and roll show like one day this is going to be in a big place what's great is that you guys i see that on stage <laughs> yeah on this tour yeah it's the you, same thing we bring those lights you, up you have audience blinders yeah. on top of yeah. your uh, on, on top of the marshals yeah. and they shine down and yeah. i was watching it the other <laughs> yeah, night yeah. i was going this is really bright yeah <laughs> it's always a thing it's always a thing oh, that we yeah. do a lot of little things like that Man, now you're going to cause a bunch of uh, clubs to start losing gels. Yeah, <laughs> people will be start wearing their shades to the, to, to the clubs. <laughs> That's great, man. No, but the things as subtle as that is awesome. Yeah. And I think that the, one of the most important things you touched on before was, you know, the routine that you have before the show, you know, and then it, it leads you into the, yeah. the, the show. Is there any sort of uh, wind down that you have or is it after just... Let's go. Oh, no, after it's just raw stage. I mean, I'd heard that you're supposed to do a wind down, but but I don't sort of go out talking a lot after a gig straight away. Like, I come off stage and I'm just grabbing a cold beer and just sort of sitting there out of breath breathing, you know, just trying to get my breath back. And I'm thinking that seems to warm me down. (laughs) And then I just sort of chill for a bit and then that's it. But, um, I mean, if you were going out and then talking a lot, you know, then well, I'm not going to make you talk too much longer. I promise you, because I know you got, you, <laughs> no, I got, you got your routine going. It's the last show, so we're good. <laughs> it is, yeah, man. That's why I got my party shirt about on. It. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said that you wear your influences on your sleeve. You actually have sleeves that have your influence yeah. on it. Yeah. And you're wearing an Aussie shirt. I, I, really quickly, you had a list of albums that just said these are the, the albums that changed my life and uh, I didn't see uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne on there oh. but I did see a couple and it's it's funny that you say it now I'm, I'm seeing it because you played The Explorer and you said uh, a couple of the albums or a lot of the albums that you had were ACDC and Metallica so there you, you go well, yeah, you, you became that I have put those two worlds together <laughs> but there was another band that when we played uh, that club the other night in uh, Sydney at mm-hmm. Frankie's Pizza uh you said they were very influential to you, a band called Rose Tattoo. Rose Ro- Tattoo. You're right, Rose Tattoo. Rose Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, th- we listened to their music before we uh, uh, get, while we're getting ready on stage and stuff. What was the album that really influenced you with them? I would say, I mean, it's the original. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. like the, the first, this first self titled. Uh, when, when I was a kid, I had this. Um, I was really, really young. I had this double CD. It was like a Rose Tattoo, Nice Boys Don't Play Rock and Roll uh, compilation thing. That some Most of the- people would know that as the song that Guns N' Roses put on their exactly. EP. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's how I at first was uh, introduced to Rose yeah. Tattoo. But the fact that they came up on stage and jammed with us the other Man, night was you really... you must have tripping. He, oh, dude, he was, he's still... He's well, a mostly, true rock and roll Mostly Tommy Hendrickson angry. was tripping out because his voice is, was yeah. kind of like these patterns, his, his yeah. voice a little bit after that guy. Yeah. So that CD was the one you'd play all the time. Yeah, and it had some live stuff on there. So you can hear Angry telling the crowd... Um, you know, if anyone's going to throw cans out there, come up here, you imbecile, throw them at me. <laughs> and he has a go at the crowd. and But, like, their live energy was a big thing uh, yeah. growing up as a kid. And these albums had come out way before I was born, and I was like, 
when I went to school, I thought that ACDC and, and, and Rose Tattoo, the, like the, the older band, I thought Bon Scott was still alive. Right. Like, I didn't know. There was no real internet. Right. And I You're only right. had those albums. It was I a thought, lot of word of mouth. Yeah. And then, I, and then you know, and then I saw Brian Johnson. I said, oh, is the other guy, you know, is he still around? Is, yeah. You know, what's, 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 what's Bon up to? And they said, mm-hmm. I said, no, he passed away. And I'm looking up the, you know, the, the, in, in the library, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. school library, and ACDC books and stuff, you know, so really going back to that sort of thing and learning about these bands. But uh, what was on the radio at the time would have been Blink-182 and, all, and everything like that movement, yeah, that yeah. different sound, Nickelback and everything. And I was just stuck in Black Sabbath and ACDC. And, and Metallica. I, I, I'm and, st- and Metallica, yeah. I'm still there. Yeah, I think well, to a point, yeah. we, we the other day uh, we have this thing called Spotify Roulette where we'll – pass a phone around that has Spotify oh, yeah, on it yep. and everybody will, you know, yep. uh, play a song of their choice and yeah. maybe educate and, you know, yeah. or just entertain. It doesn't yeah. matter. And uh, you, you put on an old school ACDC song. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of them. Uh, when I, one last story about uh, angry, because the other night when I did talk to him, I said, do you want me to call you anything else when we, when I introduce you on stage or just, you know, what do you like to go by? <laughs> he goes, my name's angry. And I earned it. <laughs> I said, Fair enough. Fair enough. Not going to mess with him, you know. Don't make me earn it again. <laughs> no, the thing was, I was like, Angry Anderson. And for some reason on stage, I had a brain fart. And I thought, I, was, I thought, is it Andy or Anderson? If I, what if I would have called him Angry Andy? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't want to know what that would have happened. I don't want to know what would have happened. Pizza to the head. Yeah, something. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, man. Uh, next time that uh, well, our paths will cross mm-hmm. um next time we can talk a little bit more uh technical stuff because usually i do talk about the technical stuff with the guitars and stuff and and the amps but well we don't I mean, have it's just it's literally a seymour we, duncan pickup a gibson guitar and you know a, a, a shaw marshall, a a wireless and a, and a, and a marshall, marshall. That's it. we that's have the same equipment yeah it's that's that's great <laughs> yeah. i love it well, but what is your head of choice just real oh quick. well look i'm a i'm a so the JCM 800, same chipboard, same sort of vibe, but it was just changed slightly because before that it was the JMP Master Volume. Yes. So then that's what became the JCM 800. The 78 or the 79, the 70, there's a difference between the two, yep. but that will do me fine. 78 or 79, Marshall JMP is my guy, 100 watt. There you go. We got there you in heard. the end. <laughs> we did get <laughs> we there. We got the technical the stuff. <laughs> and um, I, I know that it's pretty easy to find you guys on uh, the social media scene. But if there's someone listening that by chance is goes, eh, I want to find out, I want to go deep into mm-hmm. uh, Airborne. Yeah. You know, I want to find all about it. What, how are they going to get in touch with well, you? Well, I mean, you'll find us on uh, Instagram or Facebook. If you look up airbornerock.com, that's the website. Okay. Uh, that'll have all our tour dates and everything. If you just Google it, there'll be a bunch of images that'll come up with explorers and marshals, and <laughs> that'll be us. <laughs> this has been a very good episode for for the uh, for the classic rock, but I guess the just straight ahead mm. guitar rock because like you said yeah. as little in between as possible yeah. you know is, is fine just, yeah a little just just as close as you can get to the head well, you know I mean you've inspired me to go and uh, warm up myself for this show you probably inspired this Kiwi above me to have a good rocking show tonight he's rocking I, I don't have to tell you where we are tonight no it's, it, pretty it, it's pretty obvious it's pretty obvious it's pretty obvious Joel O'Keefe thank you very much for uh, spending time in the trenches with me and uh, for all of you listening out there 
Uh, hold on just one second. I'm going to uh, just say goodbye for everybody and uh, tell them if they want to find out more about the show, RyanRoxy.com is the place to be or hashtag in the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Again, Joel Keith, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Ryan Roxy. It's been a bloody pleasure. It's been we'll see you down the road, pleasure. mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Trenches with Ryan Roxy.